accelerated faith is to keep our focus on Jesus because he is number one, the author, and then he is the finisher. He's the beginning and the end of where we're getting ready to go. Amen. And so when you look at your own life, hallelujah, when you're looking at your own life, thank you, um, you want to pay close attention to his assignment and his call in regards to what you are doing. Hallelujah. That means your response needs to line up with his word. That means that your thinking needs to line up with his word. The Bible declares, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And that is the reason why as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, is because before it enters into your heart, it is in your mind. And a lot of us, when we deal with, uh, 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 when we deal with trauma, we re play the trauma over and over and over and over again in our mind and it ends up settling in our heart that helps us to create a trigger that keeps us blocked from walking in our faith. Amen. If faith is the substance, it's tangible, and we talked about this on Thursday. If faith is tangible, it's a substance, it's something that I can grab, then peace of mind is something I can grab too. That will help us eliminate the traumas, removing them from our heart, and helping us to move forward in this thing called faith. If faith is the substance of the things hoped for, I'm moving in accelerated faith. If faith is something that I need tangible, that will help me get to the next place. I can't worry about that place being got, uh, be, becoming, uh, uh, or I can't worry about me getting to that place in a slow pace, but I gotta move fast. Let's talk about what acceleration is. Acceleration is an increase of rate, speed within a short time. I don't got a lot of time to play games. Oh, it's totally quiet in here. I don't have a lot of time to keep worrying about what everybody else is doing. But I gotta stay focused on the assignment of God on my life. Amen, because the Bible also declares that no man knows the day or the hour when the Son of Man is going to come. And if the Son of Man is going to come and he finds my work undone, that either means two things, I'm gonna die and go to hell, or I'm gonna remain here and endure earthly hell because I ain't did my work. stay with there. Let's pause right there. I'm going to run with patience. Not patience about everybody else, but I got to learn to be patient with myself. I have to learn that patience is just as due to me as it is for the person that is waiting for me to get to the place that God needs me to be. 
And a lot of the times what we struggle with in Christendom and even in our faith is we don't have enough patience to grow and develop stable place of faith. Faith makes you unmovable. It doesn't uh, make you waver in and out of situations, but it gives you ground. Um, um, what does it see? What is that? Uh, it gives you. Uh, uh, planted feet, that's the word Amen, it gives you planted feet The Bible declares I shall be like a tree Planted by the rivers of living water In order for the spirit of God to flow You gotta be planted after you're planted, then your faith can grow. But, uh, uh, come on, I'm not going to give you nothing but word. When I, when I think back and regulate on the word of God, the Bible says that our faith should be as a seed, as a grain, as a seed of a mustard seed, right? So if my, if my seed is planted and I'm near some flowing water, I can grow. My faith can grow. I'm connected somewhere healthy that I can get the proper nutrients that I need spiritually. So my faith is not stagnated, but moving in a fast pace to get where God needs me. Acceleration, acceleration. I'm moving my, I'm moving my season of accelerated faith. My faith is moving beyond my current circumstance. My faith is moving beyond, it's moving me beyond the measurement of what I can naturally see. My accelerated faith is moving me so much so to where I'm beginning to walk in the things that God has decreed and declared for me to walk in. And I'm not paying attention to what my current situation looks like. It should cause a jerking in me, a jerking motion in my spirit that has shift me like a sports car being shifted. When you, when you hit the right gear in a sports car, you can go faster than any car ever created. And if it, if it got the right engine and motor on the inside, you're going to get somewhere within seconds. Amen. And so our, our faith ought to be like that to where uh, my mental state, whether you say something to trigger me or not, my faith. And I'm so girded up with the word of God that my faith causes the word to come up before a mental wrong response. <laughs> I'm reminded and I, and I use this analogy often because I know I know I know that there's a lot of things that said about me. Amen. I know there's a lot of things that said about this ministry. And I know there's a lot of things said about my family. But if I focused on those things that are said about me, those things that are said about my family and the ministry, amen, that I would not be able to pursue after the people that God has designed for me to help grow and mature in the things that they need to mature in. We got to change our focus to the word of God and not about the things that said. One type of faith causes us to action. Amen. James, come on, write the text down. James, hallelujah, the second chapter and the 17th verse. James, the second chapter, the second, second chapter and the 17th verse. It says, even so, if it hath no work, it is dead. Even so, faith if it hath not works, it is dead being alone. Faith without works, that's how we paraphrase it. Faith without works is dead. That's the quickest way that we can remember it. But that means that if my faith 
without work to it is dead. That means I'm not moving. Anything dead, lifeless, can't go nowhere. You must be put, it must be put into action in order for you to go to the next place. Your faith must be put into action. Move from your mind into your hands. I'm, I'm sorry, move from your mind into your heart, into your belly, into your hands, causing things to work together. Come here, book. The, the Bible says that all things work together for the good of them that love God and are called according to his purpose. But you, how do you know if you're called if you're lacking in faith? How do you know? That God specifically desires for you to do something if you don't believe in him. Or you're struggling to believe in him. This helps us to evaluate the level of faith that we're walking in. And with our growth, we need to measure it. Uh, we need to measure the place of faith that we're in. So when we open up the Bible and, and we see that God has given us an assignment to do a specific thing, if we don't move on it because of fear, that means our measurement is low. If we don't move in it because of the people that we've been around, that means our measurement is low. And so, our, our, uh, so then we're going back to a stage of being a, a, a little seed again because if there's nothing that's been watering it, so it can't sprout nowhere. It's dead. But then when, when we look into how, uh, how, what happens, the germination of a plant when a seed is happening, when you first plant a seed, it dies. It's covered up. And after the nutrients is given to it, then it begins to sprout. But for a season, it's in darkness. It's by itself. It's separated from everything and everybody. And, and it's, it's, it's dealing with the process of expanding. But you can't expand around a whole bunch of people. Mm, yeah, you cannot expand around a whole bunch of people, especially us who are walking in faith now. Again, the scripture, Hebrews 11 and 1, now faith is the substance. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. If now faith is a substance and I can grab it, that means there's a season of separation that I have to encounter in order for me to grab and grasp the place in which God is desiring me for to go. But I have to be hidden for a season. Oh yes. I got to separate for a season. And the reason for the separation is because everybody ain't going to understand what it is that you're trying to get to. Everybody's not going to get it. It's not going to make sense to them. They're going to feel like you're leaving them. But the truth of the matter is, if I don't leave you now, then we're both in a detrimental place. Indeed, God. The ability to grow is faith. And through how much word we have obtained through our studying of the scriptures or throughout, the, throughout listening to the revelation of the prophet or the apostle for our life. And a, a prophet's job is to point you in a direction in which the Lord desires for you to go. Now, let's be very clear. I'm going to slow down just, just a little bit right here. You got to make sure that you're strong, you're strong enough in faith, in understanding, understanding and knowing the word that you don't listen to the wrong prophet. Don't listen. To the wrong prophet because they can dispute, they can discrew you, they can move you from the place 
in which God desires for you to go. And how you can tell those type of prophets is they are looking for more financial gain than they are of giving you the word. They're looking for what they can get out of you instead of making sure that you're rooted and grounded in the word of God so that you can get somewhere in God. And the apostle. The apostle is the place of order in your life. Wherever there is disorder, they can help you navigate and come up with a plan to put you back on track. So you need the word of God. Then you need a prophet of God. And you need an apostle of God. To make sure that you stay in order for the things that God desires for you to do. After you have all of that and your faith is rooted, planted, you're connected to, uh, to the rivers of living water, to a prophet and an apostle that can give you direction and clarity on what the Lord is saying. Then you can move in an accelerated place of faith. Come on and say it with me. I want to be accelerated. I want to be accelerated. Not accepted. Accelerated. Because some of us focus too much on acceptance that we forget about the place of acceleration. And the only person I care so much about being accepted by is the Father himself. Because he's the only one that can navigate me. Now, that don't mean I don't need people. Because being connected to people will help open doors for you that possibly wouldn't be open. Amen. So those people have to be connected to God also. I'll tell you this little story and then we're done. I told y'all 10 minutes. Okay. <laughs> there was a place in the season and a time in my life where I was afraid to connect. I was afraid to connect, not so much because I desired to be a people pleaser, but I was afraid that I was going to fail people. Um, and and it, it came from a trauma from my childhood because growing up as a little girl, I always wanted to be a lawyer. And I always wanted to vindicate and, and, and be the defense for somebody else. But then I began to see how I couldn't even defend myself in certain areas. And so that dream ended up going bye-bye. And, and then I had dreams, literal dreams of me standing in uh, on stages in all white and a bunch of people and women and stuff being uh, uh, kind of at my feet and I'm standing with a mic declaring something. These are dreams, vivid dreams. And I said, well, God, I ain't never seen a lawyer stand on a podium in front of a whole bunch of people saying nothing. So what is this? I was connected to a ministry that did not believe in platforms like that for women. And so I did not see what I walk in now. I did not see that in my natural eye. And so I had to access a place of faith and then connect to people that I, that I, I really didn't know at that time was purposeful and connected to them, one of them being my husband. And he taught me about faith. He taught me about the spiritual walk. He taught me about gaining a prayer life. I said, well, I prayed, you know. I'm praying, you know. He said, but do you see results? I said, prayer gives you results. <laughs> because my faith wasn't strong enough to know that after being planted in the word with understanding and with the clarity, that that seed that I had would grow into a place where I could access different connections 
and see further for myself outside of dreams. And uh, in, in those connections, the Lord began to tear down my walls of trying to please people because I needed to see different in order to get some different results. And so after, after putting me around certain people, and another part of my story, which you'll see it in my book that I'm writing, um, is I fell into a, a strong state of depression that made me suicidal. So I didn't struggle with, uh, uh, with, with overeating or other things that would cause, that, that are sins that we don't pay attention to. But I fell into a deep, a deep dark place before connecting with the right people to help navigate me out of that place. And because of that, my dreams opened up because my faith opened up. And I began to see ministry more than I saw, uh, more than I seen the struggles and the problems that I had. And I said all of that to say, had I not connected to the right people, my faith wouldn't have grew. At that time, we didn't know my husband was a prophet or an apostle or any of that stuff. I don't even think he knew. But we would have these moments to where we would be so high and deep in the spirit away from the church. Did you, did you hear me? We was away from the church. Got too loud. Come down some more. Thank you. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on down a little more. Thank you. Hallelujah. Yes. Thank you. Um, we were away from the church and had these God encounters. At the marina in California, when we lived in California, we would go to the Richmond Marina and the Berkeley Marina, hallelujah, and, and at, the, at this water, by these large bodies of water, we encountered the Spirit of God that helped navigate our faith and shift us to another dimension in the Spirit, not a level, but a dimension. Levels break. Levels break. You can lose levels, but you can gain dimensions if you're connected to the right people. And so at being by this large body of water, we began to experience dimensions in God. God began to reveal himself through the word of God to us that helped us navigate to another place in him in the spirit by way of the spirit. Even by these encounters, our faith began to stretch out greater. Amen. And the Lord did a quick work, accelerated faith. He did a quick work. And that's why even now people believe that we are wiser beyond our years. Hallelujah. Because we spent time by the water, by the spirit of God. We spent time in faith by the spirit of God to help navigate us from the dark places that we were encountering being around too many people. Amen. And I shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of living water. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, but the evidence of things not seen. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. So these three things that helped that, uh, help, help us navigate to the next place in the spirit where the spirit of the Lord was attempting to get us and guess what? We didn't even understand it. We just went. Now faith is the substance. Ooh, yes, Lord. 
of things hoped for. We are hoping for better. Amen. Desiring better. Now faith is the substance. It was tangible of things hoped for, but the evidence of things not seen. Did we see ourselves out? No. No, we didn't. We were too young to see ourselves out. We weren't connected to the right people to see ourselves out. But the faith was greater than what we saw. My season of accelerated faith. <laughs> I didn't know how God was going to bring that together. But my season of accelerated faith. And faith without works is dead. If you can see yourself out, it ain't faith. If you can see how something is going to end, it's not faith. That's your natural sight. Intuition is not faith. Oh, I said it. Discernment unlocks the door for faith. But faith is believing in something that you cannot see. You don't see it. I don't know why God just brought me here. You don't see it. You don't see it. It don't look the way that you think it should go. But that don't mean that you raise up a spirit of control. That means you get a little more humble in prayer. Father, what's going on? Yes, Lord. Preach, preach, preach. Because you don't see it in your natural eye and it doesn't look the way you believe it should go, that does not mean that you're walking in faith. You're actually walking in the spirit of manipulation and control and you're on the fine lines of rebellion which opens the door to witchcraft. So do you want to walk in faith or do you want to be a witch? Do you want to walk in faith or do you want to be a witch? Mm -hmm. Do you want to measure your ability to grow in the spirit by the things you cannot see or do you want to have access with everything in your hand and try to maneuver on your own? You got a decision to make. Faith is believing in the impossible. Philippians 4 and 13, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. But if Christ can't strengthen you, if you're walking in you, he can't do it. It's impossible. You're too much engulfed in what you desire. <laughs> and you ain't trying to please God. But without faith, it's impossible. To what? Oh, okay. I'm going to drink more. Blow parched. It is impossible to please the one you say you serve. You say you serve him, but your actions show different. And so you got to move into a different alignment. You got to rethink. You got to retrain yourself to think according to the word of God. But you got to get some word in you so you can put it in place. You can't put nothing in place that's not in you. Mighty God. In me, the hope of glory. Faith is a form of hope. And the Bible declares that hope deferred makes the heart sick. Hope that feels impossible will make you sick. It is impossible to have hope without belief. These are, and, and, and faith is both hope and belief. Yeah. It's, both, it's both of them. Yeah. 
I hope something will happen. That's a form of faith. Not I wish, that's a genie. But I hope, I hope, I hope. I hope brings about a transition once you start moving. And so God desires, you can put some soft music on please. God desires for our vision to change the way we perceive change that oh my God. Uh, the way that we see things God desires for us to change how we respond but the only way your response will change is if your vision and the way you see things change did you hear what I said yeah I like that thank you God can only change you. Number one, you gotta be subject to him. Sold out to him. You gotta make the choice to change the way you see things. He's a gentleman, so he won't force it on you. You have to be willing to see things differently. You have to be willing uh, 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 to receive things from a different perspective. That does not mean that what you saw originally was wrong. That don't mean that. It just means that you, you, you respond differently to the wrong things. That's all it means. And so I, I did a truth be told a while ago. Um, and in this truth be told, one of the things that I said is it's an exchange of power. Are you willing to exchange your power for his? Are you willing to exchange your understanding for his? Are you willing to, 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 to change your perception, the way you see, the way you receive, for the way that God designed for people and their actions to be seen? We have to learn how to move so much so in the spirit of discernment to where is when somebody do something wrong, we see the heart and what's wrong with them. And not in a judgment form, but in an assistance of help to help them navigate to their next place. We are helpers one to another. And so in order for us to accelerate to this next season of faith, we have to begin to see things differently. Receive them differently. Respond to them differently. You want to know what level of faith you're in? Watch your response. You want to see the measurement of your current faith state? Watch your response. you are obeying God is by your response. I tell my, my children this all the time. I say it actually to almost everybody now. But when you die and go to heaven or you go to judgment, no heaven or hell, but you go to judgment. When you die and it's your time before to stand before God, he ain't going to ask you about what was done to you. He's going to ask you how you respond to what was done to you. A lot of us, that's why the scripture says, I, don't, I told you I don't got nothing but word. 
But that's why the Bible says, seek out your own soul salvation with fear and trembling. I'm going to say it the friend way, okay? This ain't the word. Measure your own soul salvation. Yes. With respect unto God. Do you respect God and receive him so much so to where you want your response to be different? Or are you so concerned, so concerned, so concerned about how you're received by people that you'll miss God to be a people pleaser? My season of accelerated faith. Father, we thank you. You put a lot before us on today. So I ask God that you would help me to hold on to what you have put in the atmosphere. I ask that you would help me to navigate through my personal life and make it applicable to my life in the name of Jesus. If there was something that hit you rest of the year, amen. But the Lord has had me dealing with acceleration. Acceleration. And what it is to accelerate is to go at a fast pace. Amen. To get <clears throat> where it is that God desires for us to go. And so for the next six weeks, amen, and we are on week three. Uh, no, we're on week two because we have we, we went out of town. So we're on week two, amen, of accelerating faith. That was a faith move, but a big faith move. But it, but it gave many opportunities. Amen. So we are dealing with accelerated faith. And so um, uh, last time we gathered together, we talked about Hebrews 11 and 1. And it says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Um, I believe, uh, Chris, is there uh, one of the worksheets in my Bible, in that Bible? No, I think it was one of those that flew away the other day when we were at the store. No, what's that? Uh-uh, not that one. Wasn't there a printed out sheet somewhere? Okay, anyway. Um, I, I got I, I can print some more. They're on my uh, laptop. Don't worry about it, son. Thank you. Um, so, we were dealing with uh, Hebrews 11 and 1. We hit a little bit of Hebrews 11 and 6. Um, and tonight we're going to actually start at Hebrews, I'm sorry, we're going to start at Romans 10 and 17. All right. Come on, Romans 10 and 17. And next week, I didn't have enough time today, but next week I actually will be printing out um, this worksheet. The Lord really blessed. Um, Amen. For the for those of you who are online, hopefully you got your, your notebook and your pen. Amen. And you can follow along with us. Amen. <clears throat> but we need to make sure that we are well equipped with the word of God. For the Bible says that if you hide the word of God in your heart, it will be hard for you to sin against him. Amen. 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 When you hide, when you have the word of God in you, it makes it difficult for you to fail him. Amen. So, again, we're going to Romans 10 and 17. And it says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. What? 
So then faith comes by what? Hearing. hearing. Uh-huh. And hearing by what? The word, the word of God. God. So when people say, and we, we just we're gonna do this a little different. This has a this has a whole little um lesson plan with it, but we're gonna roll with the lesson plan of the Holy Ghost. Amen. So um uh, if faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, how can we say that we have faith and we've separated from the church? Okay. Because faith comes by what? Hearing. hearing. And hearing by the word of what? God. And then the well, they say they hear God. If they say they hear God, the Bible says, and we'll we'll end up getting there, <laughs> but the Bible says, How can you hear without a preacher? And how can he preach except he be sent? And so there's a lot of us <clears throat> in the body of Christ who are just going because we, we're either offended or we're hurt. But you have to be sent to do this type of work. You have to be sent to preach the word of God. You have to make sure that the word of God is in you. You're living, the word is applicable to us. Remember we were talking about Hebrews 11 and 1. Now faith is the substance. We talked about how tangible faith is. And we're going back to the basics because at the end, uh, uh, Sister Minister Tisha, amen, <laughs> Minister Tisha and I had a couple of phone conversations um, where people have talked about salvation, but they really have no principle of what salvation is. Right. So they say they accept God, but after you accept God, what do you do? How are you applying your salvation? And so after salvation, we need faith. You get salvation because you've heard a word that encouraged you that something needs to change. But that something that has to change, you got to believe that, that that something is going to change, which is where faith comes into play. Well, even what I'm going through in the situation and everything that, that's happening on the back end, I'm not going to say, but you know what I'm talking about. If you're wait. not going to talk about it, man, you gotta wait. Wait. I, got, I got it, but, but everybody I'm saying, else that's don't a faith move. That is a faith movement. Amen. Amen. Hebrews 11 and 6. Hebrews 11 and 6. You taking notes? Okay. Amen. Amen. You and better then, be in that word. You got you to gotta get um, a, a pen and notepad later to, so you can write your notes. Amen. You know, I'm going to take notes in this phone. Oh, amen. Well. You do it however you lead, man, God. And we want to make sure that you get the word. Yes, Lord. Amen. Hebrews 11 and 6. I but without... I... Go ahead. <clears throat> Wait a minute. Hold on. My version is the New International Version. So it's going to read a little different than yours. All right. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes you, to you him... You read it way too fast. Did I read that too fast? Yes, sir. <laughs> And without faith, uh -huh. I'm really like the old Baptist preachers, it is impossible to please God. All right, I'm going to finish it off. For he that cometh to God must My believe that he is. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. Him is God. 11 and 6. Yes. Hebrews 11 and 6. Mine mm -hmm. says more than that. Okay, well, that's a, we want to stick to the basics. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's so you can understand it. And without faith, it is impossible to mm -hmm. please God, mm -hmm. comma, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. Yes. 
and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So mine says, which is, is, is the regular King James Version, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is. He is, he exists, is interchangeable. You gotta believe that God exists. How you gonna have faith if you don't believe he exists? Mm -hmm. Okay? And and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently. What is diligently? To never stop. Oh, you were consistent. Yeah. <laughs> consistent. It's constant. You're always seeking after God. You're you're developing new ways to seek after God. And developing new ways to seek after God isn't development for everybody else. But it's what's going to help you, your process. Everybody develops at different levels, at different paces, at a different measure. And so because everybody's measure is different, the level that they receive on, you got to figure out where you measure to go after God. What you read? I would just say great heroes of faith. Maybe okay. That's the people right here. Oh, that's oh, what kind of Bible is that? Mm -hmm. It's a study Bible. Study Bible. Okay, it's a Schofield study system. Mm -hmm. Okay, where you get that from? Is that what you got the other day? No, I got it a long time ago, but there. Okay, that's awesome. I'm gonna have to get that. <laughs> All right, so Hebrews eleven six. This this um portion says notice particularly the first part of Hebrews eleven and six. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. If God demands that I have faith when it is impossible for me to have faith, then I have a right to challenge his justice. Mm. Mm. Right. Wait a minute. Say that again. It says, if God demands that I have faith when it is impossible for me to have faith, then I have a right to challenge God's justice. Wait, go back over there one more time. Oh, what verse is it? This ain't a verse. Oh. So th this is the study portion. Okay. So the study portion says, if God demands that I have faith when it is impossible for me to believe, mm -hmm. I'm going to change the faith word because that's I think that's where the struggle coming in. No, that ain't where my struggle is coming in. I get the faith part. So People, is I'm your struggle coming in, I have the right to challenge? No, no, okay. no, no, no. All right, so <clears throat> if God demands that I have faith when it is impossible for me, to have faith, then I have a right to challenge his justice. No, but didn't you say something about God's faith before that? No. Challenge God's justice? God's justice. Well, see, the, pro the, problem, the problem comes in where a lot of us growing up have been taught you don't question God. Right. Now, of course, I've learned to break religiously from those um, false teachings because there are many scriptures in the Bible that talks about question and how can you get an understanding without unless asking you ask questions. the question so but we have been flaking you know that he's all knowing all kind all we know he's close to us but we've been taught all our life that he's so far from us that right. we operate as if he is just this great God that really don't want to have nothing to do with us well let's look at it this way I don't, I don't really need the mic because but when it comes you do need problem. the mic for the life thank you okay well I'll get this one because okay. you, you talk lower than I do. That's for the questions. So okay, so we'll pass it around when it's time for the questions. Amen. So, 
So my thing is, my, 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 my sentiment would be in that particular case, because we were taught that he was far from us, then why does God, why does the scripture say that God is married to the backslider? Because Mary is not a faraway situation. See, in, 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 the, in the response to that, God never said he, wasn't, he was far from us. Exactly. People have made us feel that way. Preachers have preached into a, you know, they preach so much about hell that it causes us to feel that he was far from us. Because I'm so much a sinner that I can never be perfect enough to please this perfect God. But, that, but, but he didn't care about us being perfect. He cared about us acknowledging him. Oh, ooh. I'm going to go back to what you said earlier, which was the part where you said, you know, why would people, what did, you said something about them struggling with coming to church. Something you said. I said, if, if, if the Bible says that without faith it's impossible to please God, but we were talking about, with, um, uh, so then faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God, I'm working with him. But go ahead. Yeah, but let, he got to pay attention. You got to get this too. Pay attention. All right. So if faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God, and we need a preacher to be able to hear the word of God according to Scripture, then how can we say that we effectively hear from God if we're disconnected from preachers? A lot of, a lot or of churches. Number one. From the pulpit to the back door, a lot of people struggle to know what is God's voice in the first place. Yeah. So that you know. So, oh, here. So when you have to, you have to, so that engage. So when you say church, mm -hmm. are you saying church building, church body? body. Both. Body. I'm saying both because everybody that's a part of the body don't necessarily have a pulpit, mm -hmm. but sometimes. In certain cases, you won't. I, I'm not. Depending on who I, who the person is, you're not going to hear a preach word in the grocery store. Mm -hmm. Depending on who the person is, but that's because there's some disconnect or some shame that comes with being a part of the body of Christ, and that's why the body of Christ has a struggle with acknowledging God. On the outside of the four walls because they're conditioned mentally and emotionally that they can't hear God outside of the church. So when you hear when so so for me, <clears throat> when I pose the question that I just asked, how can you hear God outside of the church? Is because first off, a lot of these preachers, because that's because the scripture says, How can we here without a preacher. How can he preach except he be sent? A lot of these preachers have dispositioned themselves and removed themselves from a 100% pure place in God to where they're not ashamed to talk about God well, everywhere they go. A lot of them are not submitted to God. They are... Well, we, we don't want to change the direction. I'm not changing the direction. Okay. What I'm saying is that they are submitted to building a brand or a name for themselves. And so now you have a lot of People who are not preaching the word, but preaching what um, the motivation and different type of things. So when you hear the word of God, it confuses you because you're so used to hearing something that they call the word of God, but it it's the dummy down version to make you feel good. Anytime, and we'll go Old Testament to New Testament. Anytime a preacher or a prophet came in the New Testament, people were afraid in right. the Bible. Right. 
Not a preacher, just a prophet. Well, a preacher in the New Testament is interchangeable with right. prophet sometimes. And so Jesus was both priest and, and prophet. prophet. Right. And so he said, I didn't come to bring peace. I came to bring sword. Right. But the sword is his word. And so if he came to bring the word back into the earth realm where we ought to be operating, then again, we need to make sure that as people of God, that we are well equipped with the word of God so that if we do see somebody that might be struggling or the Lord whispers to us to minister to somebody that we're not afraid or ashamed, there's where your faith comes back into play. Now faith. But it's is it, Again, it's tangible. But then how many people, and I just want to add to what you said, how many people um, have been taught that the fear of the Lord is actually being afraid of him? Well, again, that's why you got to get an understanding for yourself. And that's why it's important. Hold on. We're going to reel this thing right back on in. That's why it's important that you come to Bible study, that you come to prayer meetings so that you can build up your spiritual, your personal spiritual life. Because right. what does the Bible says? It says um, study to show yourself approved. A workman need not be ashamed of the gospel, rightly dividing the word of truth. So that way, if I'm rightly dividing the word of truth, the truth got to be in me first. And not only do the truth have to be in me, but I got to recognize that I am frail as well. And so because the truth is in me, that brings up my conviction. But conviction only comes to those who are walking in absolute faith. But that goes back to what I was saying about the preacher. When the word is preached properly, and it isn't about even lifestyle or any circumstances or situation, when the word is preached properly, it itself will convict. Absolutely. Right, but tell me what you just said before you just said that. You, what did she just say? I said that the, that the word of God is truth. Right. And so the Bible says, uh, study to show yourself approved. A workman need not be ashamed of the gospel, right. which is the Bible, right. uh, uh, rightly dividing the word of truth. And the truth of the word, the truth has to be in us. Mm -hmm. And the truth convicts us. Which makes it easier for us to walk in well, faith. Well, can I correct? Right. Sorry, you said the what good is? news of the gospel is not the Bible necessarily. Well, according to theological seminary, the gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, which is the expl explanation of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, right? They call that the good news. But none of that is really the good news. The well, the Gospels. Those are the Gospels that are it. given to us. That's what they call it. But again, if I'm living according to the Gospels, say for instance, I, I don't have no encounter. I don't have no Bible. But right. I have in my heart those things, the principles of knowing how Jesus died, how he, how he was beat, how he was spent, and, uh, spent on, and all because he did miracles and the other people didn't want to believe it. I don't. So if that's the only part of gospel that I have, that is the truth. Right. So if that's the truth, it becomes a part of who I am. And because that becomes a part of who I am, I can now walk out who I believe that I say God is to me. But I have to believe in him. Right. Which goes back to Hebrews 11 and 6. And without faith, it's impossible to please him. The only way I can please him is if I have enough of truth in me, which is enough of him in me, 
so that I can walk out this thing that they call faith. Right, John 4 and 20. They oh, okay. Come on, in spirit and in truth. So we're gonna walk, we're gonna walk this, we're gonna walk this word. Because at the end of the day, if it's not in you, you can't live it. Well, and that's, I think that's where people. Um, Wait, let me just interrupt that. Just, mm -hmm. just for one second. Now, what if I know some. Okay, you just said, if the word is not in you. Mm -hmm. I think I'll then you can't ask you a question. Hold on. You start at three. But this is what I was going to say. What if, I know a lot of people yeah. that the word is in them. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know a lot of people that the word is in them. Okay. Because yeah. they can quote scriptures for everything. Right. But then. How is it that they can people can know like all of these scriptures really and can quote them when you need them to quote them? But like, you guys speaking to mic. It's just different. It's kind of like people know the word because I know a lot of people that know the Bible. They is know there the word. Yeah, I was is getting there ready choice, to go that though? way. I was getting ready but it's kind of like that. maybe the way they live is different. Like like they don't know the Bible. I get or, or I get exactly what you're say? saying. Like, how can you... You're saying they know the Bible, but they don't necessarily follow the principles right. of what even they're saying. If you look at their life. Mm -hmm. But it's crazy. I knew somebody was literally like a walking Bible. Literally like a walking Bible. You can ask, where do you find this? Where do you find that? And he can tell you. Mm -hmm. So how could you be like a living Bible, but... It didn't but really, straight it, away? It didn't... So that means he applied it in his heart. Mm -hmm. Because he can tell you the scriptures. What? But then how come he wasn't able to live it is what I don't understand. Some, some, some people, um, I'll answer it this way. Some people are good educationally, mm -hmm. but not morally. Yeah, but if you say that and word so, that I've hid in my heart. And right. so that means what's But knowing you? it don't mean it's in your heart. But, the, but hold because on, that word had I, have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against, sin against you. You have to look at the whole text. Might not gives you a choice. But I think and we so, all have a choice. Even, even, absolutely. Even in having Jesus in our life, like I say all the time, living holy or holiness is a choice. Absolutely. Holiness compared to sin, the only difference is a choice. I either choose to sin or I choose. That sin is always in front of me, but I either choose to pay attention to it or I choose not to. Okay, but if the word says that the word is sharper than any two-edged two sword, two -edged sword. and if the, if the Bible says that the word sets out and does what it's supposed to do and it never comes back void. So if you were memorizing these scriptures, you got them inside of you. You can tell me where to quote something. You can tell me where to find it. How come it's not cutting the, the because ugliness Because he's choosing. Well, it's not only that, but, but, but I'm saying the, if the word is supposed to do <laughs> yes. this. Yes. Reprobate. You, know you ever heard of reprobate? A reprobate spirit? It's a reprobated mind. Reprobated mind. Quote, so it's a, a person who knows. Can the, you find a scripture, please? The, the, uh, hold on, I might so it says. It's a person who knows the Bible, knows right, but they look at. They, they have given themselves over to themselves. And so they do They're right for wrong, and wrong to their own Most society, society is like that now. So then the word is not hitting nothing then. So you just memorize it. Well, it's but the Bible also says what I was going to say is the Bible says that the letter killeth, but the spirit give life. That's why even after you have the word in you, you got to be baptized in the fire, the spirit, yes. which is being baptized in the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit, whichever term you use. Yeah. Okay. So what? Yes. Go ahead, man. Of God. I'm good. Good. Were you going to ask a question? No. Okay. You were going to make a statement or something? Go ahead, man. No, you go ahead. Because you... 
It's Bible study. It's interactive. And whatever you have to say is very it's important. We don't want nobody to miss it. Huh? Is that baptized father? That's an act, is it? Yes. Is that all you want mm -hmm. to add? Well, ask it. Don't be ashamed. Okay. <laughs> what were you going to say, Toy? Um, what are some examples of <laughs> how you can diligently seek God? Rook. Diligently seeking God. Like, uh, people laugh at me, but my alarm is set for me to spend time with God all day. And then I have scriptures. Uh, I told Tisha and uh, uh, Janiah about my, my app, my Bible app. Every 15 minutes goes off with a new scripture. That's it is. But you got um, to have the time to go back. So, what, so although I hear the ding, there's an alarm with that ding on my phone that says it's time for you to get some word. And then you have to Just set that, time. You have, to, you have to set time. You know, there, there's a statement that everybody says, I don't have time. But, you know, the, the truth of the matter is we make time for what we want to make time for. Yeah. You know, because I sit here and watch TV all day long, you know, uh, uh, and I'm just using that as an example when I'm supposed to be doing work or something, you know, and uh, or I'll, you know, uh, uh, you can sit on some of us work from home. We'll, you know, be texting on our phone. We could be reading scripture. Yeah. Just different kind of examples. So, so you make time for what's important to you. Now, back back to that particular situation. That many scriptures for it. Yeah, it is. Um, for that know. particular instance, there was something that came along with that person's relationship, whether it had to do with inside of the church building or just dealing with church people, because there's a difference with kingdom-minded people and church people. What you looking at? What is that? What? Oh, that's the lie. We live. <laughs> That's why these devices is up. Oh, okay. <laughs> it, it just it's stuck, is it? Yeah, because he ain't playing it. Because if I you play it, it it's going to come out the, the speaker. Oh, okay. So, but, it, but we live. It's the same. Uh-huh. It, well, it's, it's rotating. That one, too? It rotates. Yeah, when you, I only, know what I was only, only when you ask questions. That's it. Yeah. We only have it on you when you ask yeah. questions. People <laughs> like to see who's talking. So anywho, anywho, back to that to that particular sense. What most of the time when people stop obeying what it is that they have knowledge of yeah. is because hurt has entered me in somewhere. In one second. Thank you. All right. So because hurt has entered in somewhere, offense has come in, and it, it's not only did it come in, but there's a root from some from his childhood or her childhood that caused them to build up this traumatic situation and it becomes a trigger. So now I don't want nothing to do with those type of people or people that go to church actively and yeah, I know the word and I don't want to hear you preach to me because now it feels like an attack instead of the spirit of life, spirit of truth, giving love and compassion. Before they can even meet the individual, the trauma speaks. Well, we all have. I think in some way, Every, everybody has because you know something I, and I paid a lot of attention to it here lately uh, that people always look at how they get hurt but they never look at how they hurt people we always look at how we're hurt but we never look at the other end of the thing how we've offended people how we've made people feel how we've done different things you know just like in the church everybody talks about how they've been hurt but everybody look, never, nobody ever looks at how the leader may have been hurt 
from them walking away or anything, you know, that may have happened, a conversation or something they said, and the difference between you and I is the Bible says that we're going to be judged harshly for everything we do <coughs> as elders in the church. <laughs> well, I mean, if God calls us, we will be charged harshly. Judged Judge harshly. What is judged harshly? Harshly. Just judged? We won't have as much grace that when we get to have. the kingdom as those who are not called. Well, everybody's called. Everybody's not called to high office. Not, not, high, not high office. I just say everybody's called because we're all called we're to all be ministers. ministers of the, but that's a calling. But minister means service. We are high servants, which means we touch things according to Scripture does that, that everybody don't touch. Does that not mean that we are called? We are not called. No. Does minister mean that you are not called? I think that, well, we'll have to talk about that later. No, man of God, let's talk about it. We live action. Come on, let's get it. Are we not, if we are called to, if, if we are all ministers, first off, if, 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 I'm, if, I'm, if I'm ministering, there has, I had to hear somewhere that I should be telling this. Let me, okay, how do I explain it? There is a difference between ministry assignment and ministry call. Oh, that's good. Now I can leave. I can leave that alone for a conversation. Well, later. no, well, tell me the difference. Oh, look. <laughs> well, then tell me the difference then. When God calls you like Samuel, like He's been doing you here lately, um, He calls you in a state to where you're not even sure if that's His voice or someone who is closest to you, like a mother, a father, whoever. So is that a calling or that's, is that an assignment? That's God calling you. That's okay. called. You're being called. An assignment. You cannot shake it, break it, or do anything until you do it and get it done. Which is where you are. Yeah. You have what an if you've never heard the calling then? Because I've never heard You're not going to always hear the call. That's why the Bible says many are called, but, but few are, are chosen. chosen. And so when you have an assignment, you've been chosen, specifically pulled out, set apart. It's called, it's scripture called it, he consecrated you for that particular assignment. I know, and I'm going to openly say this, as much as... Um, I don't like sin. I know that I am specifically called to the homosexual lifestyle and homeless people. No matter how much I preach against it, no matter how much I talk about it, they're drawn to me. You know, and there's nothing I can do about that. Because that is my assignment to bring Christ to them. Okay. So now I'm going to say this. So is it based off of... Oh, let's see. So then how do you know if you're called if you don't hear the voice then? Because, okay, so just like the, the your... So what does it mean if you're not called, though? Why is How did you not be called, but then you have an assignment? You sure? I, I want to hear what your answer I'm is, too. Confused. But I'm still going to answer. Uh, well, answer it. Go ahead. Now I want you to go first. All right. So the burden, the heaviness, the yeah. weight that you feel is how you know that you're chosen to do it. Mm -hmm. Everybody don't have a weight on them. To do Ooh, thank you, certain Holy types of work. Okay. Um, it's a burden for me to minister to women who don't know their identity. Okay. Because at one point in my life, I didn't know my identity. So it's something you've experienced. It's, it's something, something, most something that of the you've time. overcome. you got a testimony. Absolutely. But, most but, of the time. But it's also so something you feel heavy in your heart. Calling you have a choice to answer. Mm. Burden... It's not going to come off of you until, until you, you do it. It's not going to lift until you get it done. Mm -hmm. 
And so it's something, uh, uh, an assignment is more a heart thing. Mm -hmm. A calling is more a hearing thing. And so, um, what that means, and he just gave that to me like just now. Because when he's calling you, you have the choice to answer. Just like your phone or whatever, text message, you can yeah. respond to it or you cannot respond to it. Yeah. You know, uh, he was calling Samuel, according to Samuel 1. He was calling the prophet Samuel six or seven times. And Samuel kept going to Eli saying, did you call me? Eli finally gets frustrated and says, that must be God talking to you. Because even though I can't hear him right now, he must be talking to you. Because what people never talk about in that scripture is that Eli was in a place of rebellion. And God was not talking to him. And so here he is training somebody to take his position. Right. And so he didn't know when God was going to call Samuel, but he knew that Samuel, because God, the last time God talked to Eli, he told Eli, I want you to train him to be the prophet and take over the position. Because Samuel was both, people never talk about this either, prophet Samuel was both prophet and priest, just like Jesus. And so as a priest, he had to take care of the house of God and the sacraments. And that's what Eli was doing until he got rebellious and with all them crazy women and all that stuff. And it's something how we look at grace, but we never think about grace running out. So what about if you're up in the middle of the night? What if God is waking you up at certain times of the night every day? Some of that calling? That's, that's a charge. That's, that's, I can, but it could also be a calling. It could also be a pulling or a... Um, What's the other word they be using for that? I don't know, man of God. You got it. You got it. We both got it. Come on. Come on. What? What? <laughs> it could be a pull. It's a word I'm looking for. Summons? You know, it could, yes. There it is. Praise the Lord. Oh, okay. That's a summonsing, and there's a difference. When God is summonsing you, that means he's trying to have personal time with you. And that's really more so about you and him then. What were you going to ask, Chris? What's a charge? Mm. What's a charge? A charge is like an assignment. It won't leave you until you do it. I've charged you. I've charged you. I have. I've given you a major responsibility. How about if you don't do it? You're in disobedience. That's rebellion. And so you'll get a whooping from the Lord. And you walk in the witchcraft. Probably the well, the well of Jonah, the great place, I think. Yeah, that, that, that was what it was. Jonah had a charge. And he disobeyed. And so God allowed him to be swallowed up and carried to the place that the Lord wanted him to be obedient to. <laughs> that part, you going to get there. But watch the, watch, watch the miracle. The miracle of the situation is a well's throat is that big. God takes him, puts him in a well's throat, which doesn't take that much, carries him to where he wants to be, and normally inside of the belly of the well, whatever's in it is deteriorated. Right. He made him regurgitate him when he got him to the level where he needed to be. Because because your storm will only carry you to where God wants you to be. Come on, that'll preach. <laughs> Your storm only carries you to where God wants you to be. Hmm. And, and a lot of times, that I'm just speaking from experience, we get frustrated when we don't see the results or when we don't see what God has said or different things. But I was listening to a message the other day, and the man of God said, failure has to happen for you to know that God is using you. Hmm. Hmm. He said, because... I can't really explain the way he said it, but it blessed my socks and it explained some things to me. Couldn't have blessed your socks. You don't wear none. <laughs> <laughs> he don't ever wear none. <laughs> well, it, it blessed my shoes off. Then. All right. <laughs> I'm a loafer wearing guy. You don't wear socks with loafers. Mm -hmm. 
Praise the Lord. Anyway, um, it blessed me because you you get so frustrated by working and toiling and moving. And somebody else was talking about this today on live too. And toiling and moving and you're not seeing it. And you know God has said these things to you. And you know you're reaching out to the people but they're not showing up. Different things are happening. And you know you're doing everything in your power. And here's the thing. Let me make this very clear. Because a lot of us be trying to figure out, well, how when I was in the world everything was working? The devil don't care nothing about you doing nothing when you're doing it for him. But as soon as you get your mindset, whether you're in church or not in church, as soon as you get your mindset, I'm going to live for God, I'm going to work for God, seems like ain't nothing coming together, it's because the devil ain't going to get off your track because now you're a threat to him. All right, you guys ready to jump in some more faith stuff? Yes. All right. I think that's a part of faith too because you have to have faith to keep moving and trusting God when you don't see it. Amen. Like uh, the people on the boat. Peter and Neil. Peter and Neil. Peter and <laughs> But watch when, when he obeyed God. I, that might be in there somewhere. I mean. I ain't read it, but I would I'm know. just telling you God is know. good. Amen. Amen. You do this all the time anyway. So God, Mom, what are you talking about? Come on. When Peter and Neil was on the boat and mm-hmm. God told them to go back and fish again, mm-hmm. he could have said, I didn't get this. I ain't doing this. I'm not going to do this again. But watch this. Nobody thinks about the fact that Peter was actually fishing in shallow water. And fish move based on the current. And so when Jesus told him to go fish again, Jesus had the understanding that the current had moved. And so the fish were over there in the deep water. And so he says, go launch out into the deep. The problem is we like swimming in shallow water. And so when God starts challenging sure. us, it's taking us to a deep place. Because the deep only call on the deep. Amen. Praise the Lord. Mm. I agree. That's good. You're good. God is good. <laughs> All right, so um, if God <coughs> if God demands that I have faith when it is impossible for me to have faith, then I have a right to challenge his just. Uh, no, I have a question on that, what you were saying. I didn't even finish it. Wait, wait, no, because I want to know. Because you said something that kind of triggered me. How is it? Okay, so it says without faith it's impossible to please God. But what makes it impossible for me to not have faith? That's a good question. Because he's not here, you can't see him. Okay, that's an answer. That, no, that's a good answer. You got an answer? No, I just, it was relatable. Uh, I was thinking how in recent time, um, even though I know I should trust God and that at the end, you know, he wins and everything will work out. But it was like, I guess because I was looking at the things or circumstances going on, I was like, there's no way that, I mean, I know you can, but I don't know. <laughs> a lot of us you know? pay a lot of more attention to our natural, yeah. logical <coughs> circumstance, though. Yeah. Faith ain't logic. And I think us as believers, we get caught on what's now, what's the what's the current now. But you can't have now faith if you're paying attention to the current now. Mm. Yeah. You can't. It's impossible because your your destination or your perception, your view, is shifted, is distorted mm-hmm. on something that you can't fix anyway. So why not put faith on it? And that way you don't got to worry about it. 
Well, and the scripture that we were just talking about, the anxiety uh, scripture. Uh, the anxiety scripture where it says don't, Chris, we don't know where it says don't be anxious about anything. Be anxious about, uh, for nothing. Yeah, mm-hmm. that you know, even that scripture. So even that's being anxious, even even that's worrying about tomorrow or, you know, worrying about how we're going to pay our bills and stuff. It's, to me, it's kind of like a sin. You know, because God is Girl, like... Girl, you don't need no timer. Just come on. Put it in here. I got you. <laughs> Go ahead. So yeah. worrying is, is like a lack of faith. Absolutely. According yeah. to scripture, worry is a sin. Faith... That, that's what I was trying to say. It's, it's faith like and fear. Mm-hmm. Worrying is a place of fear. Because really the way God wants us to be is to live stress-free. Absolutely. With no issues. And the only way that you can live stress-free with no issues is to live by faith. But it's not stress-free, it's no issue. He wants us to... Well, you're going to have issues, but I think, like, what I'm saying is... I think think when you're being obedient, I think it's more of a peaceful environment. It's a a 100% yielding. Yeah. When you are 100% yielded, you're not depending on your capability. Right. You're dealing on complete his his capability. Right. And when you're doing that, your peace of mind is great. Absolutely. Like when I'm when I'm just trusting God, I'm not leading out of my own understanding. When I'm not trying to figure out something that pops up in my mind, mm-hmm. I, you know, when I've given it to God and I actually gave it and left it there, it's the peace. Yes. It's kind of like you forget about you even have these bills that's here until somebody mentioned it or it comes <laughs> back up again. That's, I feel like that's when you when you know you got that type of faith. Like right. I'm not tripping. God got it. Right. For real, for real, you know, see, and it'll come up again later. Go ahead. See, the problem with that sometimes can be the people that are around you. I've been learning that as well. Because <laughs> when I want to be yeah. out, when I want to trust God and I want to have faith, and you may owe somebody some money, then you, then, <laughs> and then here they pushing you to go do something God didn't told you you can't do, right? Right. God's trying to deal with you on doing a certain stuff, but then you got all these people in your ear like you owe me money. You got all this money that you need to pay, and you ain't doing. They look at you like you ain't doing nothing. But Hello, then, then I'm trying to trust to, God here. The, well, then it then it comes to the scripture. Oh no, man, nothing but to love him. Mm, yeah. Right, but God and, don't want you to sin to take care of those. Right, I, I get it. Oh no, man, but to love him. But but if you explain, and this is why communication is so important. If you explain that, I understand. Like I, I have people that I owe now. Uh, yeah. Not Amen. not many, Praise but. The Lord. I have a few people that I owe, and before they can remind me, hey, how you doing? I just want you to know I ain't forgot that I owe you. I, this is the arrangement that I'm trying to make, and as soon as I'm able to take care of what I owe you, I'm going to go ahead and do that. But it's an accountability for the responsibility. Right. You, a lot of people have yeah. a lack of accountability to the What's things the that they have become responsible for. I can't see it. My phone is dead. I don't know. I just, I can see how it can hinder you because you can get your mind ready and I'm just finna face God, but well, then I'm, you got pressures of other people. I can see how you can just like. No, I'm going to be totally know. transparent in just a moment. I just want to make sure we get to this person's comment. But um, no, I am a, I, sometimes I get in trouble. Can I say it please? Because I'm so. Faithful that I can be. Oh no, she responded to what you said. Your stone will only carry you where God wants you to be. Right. Um, I'm so faithful and uh, fearless that sometimes my faith can look like I don't care about anything. 
And it makes people feel like I'm being nonchalant. Yeah. You know, even I've had to explain this to her. It's not that I'm nonchalant, but if I don't walk in this certain level, yeah. then I'm going to worry at this level. That, that's what it is, too. That's what, that's what I feel, what he you just know. said. Because I, I get, because, you know, everybody else around is probably like, because, you know, I'm a woman, and I, I can kind of feel what he's saying, though. We, we right. worry about certain different things. Right. And sometimes you'd be like, come with that faith, better come with some money for this. <laughs> but is, is it worry yeah. or is it being mindful? Because sometimes we replace our mindfulness and our thoughtfulness and call it faith. That's not faith if you're still being mindful. Because mindfulness comes with responsibility as well. And what we cannot do as the body of Christ is ignore responsibility and say we're having faith. Well, yeah. And so, yeah, I know there's balance now. Absolutely. Right. That is number one. There is balance. And that's what I am doing right now. I'm trying to work on my balance, trying to, you know, get everything paid off. But I'm, but in, in between you, I don't know. It's just like, I get what y'all saying, though. And then, and then sometimes to add to what you're saying, <laughs> people don't realize that it's not. That I'm ignoring it, yeah. or that I don't see it, or that I don't know it's there. But if I keep my mind on the fact that God can work it out, right? Versus, oh, I gotta do this. I gotta get this done. Yeah. And 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 one thing, and I, I'll be just like I said, totally transparent. When I'm not in God, I deal with depression, anxiety, all these different things. And so, as a human being, if I start to worry about that, say I, say I had a nine to five job. Mm, I got a question. Say so I start to think about these things, I'ma just let that I'ma swim in it, if that makes sense. Let it overtake me, get to a place, you know, we might be on the street or something. So would you say that that's fair for the person that you owe? What do you mean? Would you say that it's fair for you to have that amount of peace because you're trusting God when your your fellow brother might be struggling with that amount of faith because your lack of accountability in communicating where you are. Well, because said, a lot of the times we don't communicate about where we are. But who's, well, I was going to say who necessarily says that. Sometimes, a uh, majority of the time we do communicate, people just long don't like the communication because it's not what they want. Well, that it, dep- it depends on the maturity level of who you're dealing with also. On, on each end. Absolutely. But I, what, I think, end. what I think I was trying to say, not so much of people that I owe. So, I owe my mama some money. I love it. Okay. Right? But I went ahead and paid off something. Because I know I know the strain. I know the struggle. I know she's been helping. So, I figured out a way to pay her a little something. But what I'm saying is when you... Okay, so I... You know, you get behind on certain bills. It's mm-hmm. kind of like Robin Peter, Robin Paul. What? It's not like you're forgetting about your responsibilities, right? right? I'm not saying forget about my responsibilities. I'm looking at the money that I have in my hand, right? Oh, no, no. So, so your situation is... It's a little different. Well, no, let me let me just explain. Go ahead. Explain it. So I'm just looking at the money that I have available in my hand. And mm-hmm. I want to pay what I can. And I want to save so I'm not totally broke. So when I, when I say that I'm trusting God, it means that if, if, if he releases me to go and make some extra money, then I can do that. But what I'm saying is I'm not making, I'm, I'm trying to keep God as my focus. Right. And I'm trying to keep him first. So if I feel like it's a blockage in me trying to get something, I want to be able to hear clearly to say, okay, I know you can get this money, but I don't want you to get this money today. Maybe you can do it a couple days. Today I want you to get in your word, or today I want you to do this. And I'm finding that when I do that, 
my blessings are still coming. Start to flow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm, and when, I, when I'm at peace, when you're sitting here and you're worrying about all the stuff that you owe, right. you know you got to pay it. Right. You're going to balance it. You're going to rob Peter to pay Paul. You're going to figure out who needs it first, who needs it next. But you still got to have peace because you still got to raise kids. You still got to function. So that's when I say you put, you give it to God and you leave it. Because if you leave it there, then it's not bugging you every second. You know what I'm saying? You but got your peace. faith is in action. Right. So And that's an accelerated phase like, we would, like, like we've yeah. been talking about. Because you're moving at a fast pace to make sure, number one, that you're obeying God. Right. And then number two, because of your obedience to God, he makes sure that you're able to provide Ooh. for everything else that you're taking care of. Yes. But that's like times and offering. A lot of people weigh their options. A lot of a lot of a lot of people weigh their option when it comes to times and offering. When when the Bible talks about how you're supposed Check to give out. God his first. Yes. You know, and, and then people are wondering well, why I'm not blessed. Times and offering is not about the money. No, it's not. Tithes and offering is about the obedience and the sacrifice. Absolutely. And so the, the reality is, you know, people do what, what all kind of stuff that they want to do when it comes to tithes and offering, and that's fine. But nevertheless, God wants to see, can I trust you with that? I can't give you more until I can see if I can trust you with the little. Right. You know what I mean? And we, we worry about everything. Well, what is these people doing with the money? When is this happening? Blah, 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 blah. But we're accountable with, to God for what we do on our end. But if we are, let's say we're the members, our job is to make sure that we do what God told us to do so that he can bless us. Now, where you, where you as the pastor or whatever, where you messing up, then that God going to get you. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And so I think that we use different kinds of things. And like you were saying, Bill, the people you owe and got to pay and all of that stuff. It's not that I'm not communicating or worried about it. No, she took it out. It's, it's not that I'm not communicating or worrying about it or, or thinking. I'm not going to say worry. I'm not. I'm thinking about it, but I'm also yeah. asking God as I'm in him and right. give me strategy. Right. Show, show me how to maneuver so that I can get these things taken care of and people don't think that I'm just doing things right. and not trying to pay them. Exactly. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Y'all feel good about this? Yes. Great conversation. Yeah, because we can get back on them ties. Because I wouldn't want to talk about that. <laughs> but I know we're talking about faith. Amen. We're talking about faith right here. But ties, about... ties <laughs> attaches to faith. Go ahead, man. Go ahead. No, no, no. I'm not taking over nothing. I'm just saying. <laughs> no, I'm serious. <good. laughs> ties attaches to faith. I mean, you must have said you felt some type of way about the takeover because you said it. I didn't say nothing. I said, go I, ahead. I, 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 your eyes tell how you feel. I ain't saying nothing. I My eyes didn't say nothing. <laughs> Amen. What? Praise the Lord. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> what? Amen. He's agreeing. Okay. How do how do faith tie? Uh, how does faith tie into tides? Um. What do you mean? Because number one, like I just said, it's supposed to be the first thing you do. You're supposed to tie off your net, not your gross. Right. So therefore, your net is what you get in before taxes. Right. You're supposed to look at that. He takes the ten. Gives you the 90, but we still complain okay, about the 10. All right. So let's talk about this tithing. You said you're supposed to tithe off of the net. And mm -hmm. not how much gross. you make an hour, not how much you bring home. Absolutely. Absolutely. But the Bible says to tithe on your increase. That no, it says increase. your income. Increase. It says to tithe on, on your every increase. Go to it. Malachi 3 and 8. So your increase, so what, you can't tithe on what they took taxes out of. 
No, you're talking before the taxes. The in the in what income. You, so what you Abraham after did, they take all the taxes out, what you have in your hand is what you're tithing on, right? No, no you tithe off that. of before your what taxes you earned, off yes. of what you earned. Even though they take taxes and all that off of. Yes. yes. You're tithing off of what you earn and not your yes. increase. Because all of it is your increase. The whole entire thing is your increase. Because you still get it back at the beginning of the year or whatever. No, we don't. People who don't have money, you don't get it. Okay? But whether you get it or not, is it trust? Is it faith? Well, actually, in the New Testament. Somebody better show me because I literally looked in here 50,000. I can show you, but here's the thing. Which most people today be like, well, the tithe of the Old Testament, you don't have to do that. The tithe was actually created before the law ever existed. And it was a choice that Abraham made to tithe into the priest, which was Melchizedek. It was, it had nothing to do with the church. It had everything to do with the priesthood. Which is in Genesis. Which is the first time tithe ever was shown in the New Testament. If we did money based on the New Testament, the Bible said that the church had to give up all of their possessions. Your cars, your houses, everything. The Bible says something about the third year. You're supposed to tax on everything that you have. Absolutely. But let's be honest, though. But who's going to do that in this day and age? Are we going to do it in the Bible? Or is it in the Bible that means that we have to do it? Is that what I believe that everything in the Bible is a choice. I I believe that everything in the Bible is a choice. He says right here in Malachi, Malachi 3 and 8, he says, Will a man rob God? Everybody knows that. You've heard that all your life. Yet you've brought him tithed and offering. He said, Now prove me not when I open up the windows. It's a choice. It's, he, he said, said, he said to me. test me. Mm-hmm. He said, Test me when I pull, open up the head. Y'all going to have to show me where it don't say increase, though, on your increase. Because it's saying 10% of everything. It said 10% of the best of everything. The best. If you got a garden, I want the best <laughs> of your fruit. I want the best. Of your uh, of your um, animals or whatever. So the question to, that I have for you then yeah. is: Is your gross your best or is your net your best? Mm. What I have in my hand is the best. That's not. That's not the best. That's not because your net scripture. comes before. Look, she know it ain't like. <laughs> I Not so something I, I'm gonna make up. This ain't no fake money. This so is I'll a give fake you, walk. That's not. That's not. I'll, I'll, give, I'll, that's give not you, I'll give you another example. When when the tax collectors came for Jesus, and 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 they said to the disciples, "Your master never pays taxes." And Jesus tells them, "Go to the water, get the money out the fish's mouth. Everything we owe is gonna be paid." They go to the water, open the fish's mouth. All of the thousands of dollars when you break it down. Because uh, I just preached the message on the oil and how much that oil cost that she broke on his leg. That stuff wasn't cheap. And we look at things because we don't understand the dynamics of animals and different things back then and hay and wool and birds and all of that stuff that they used to do. But a lot of those people had thousands and millions of dollars when you break it down. And so um, Jesus says them go get the fishes out the fish mouth, whatever. Then he says to them, uh, they'd be like, well, why we never paid taxes? We got money. Because that's people's misconception that Jesus was broke. Jesus was not broke. And, and Luke, the 8th chapter, talks about how the women used to give up their substance to make sure that Jesus' ministry, him and the disciples' ministry, was taken care of. And Luke, verse 8, chapter 1. Those that want to know where that exactly is. 
uh, wasn't that Mary Magdalene? Mary Magdalene and her people, they took care of Jesus real that, well. That was uh, Mary Magdalene and Junea. That's where Junea is uh, mentioned also. So, uh, Jesus says, give unto Caesar what is Caesar's. Give unto God what is God's. He was talking about money. <clears throat> In that particular text, I don't really think that God punishes us when we try. No, That's good. I don't think he punishes us when we try. I think he punishes us when, when we do we, nothing. When we blatantly disobey. I know, I know. It's a, I know. He looks at the heart. I know he looks at the heart, and I know he loves a cheer forgiver. I, I do know those Absolutely. things. But I, I, don't I think, think he I think it's so much. I just think it's so much of, of more that we can actually give. Just period for the kingdom. Well, you, you can know? give more than money. I mean, some people right. don't have money, so you can give your time. You can give, you know, what you could do. You could, you know, go out here just for an example, because the Bible says everything that we do, we're supposed to do it as if we're doing it unto the Lord. <laughs> And when you start looking at life that way, your whole attitude is shift. Because that means every conversation I have, I'm supposed to be conversating as if I'm doing it unto the Lord. When I, when I discipline my children, I'm doing it for the Lord. <laughs> and so on and so forth. And I think all of that takes faith. That's why it said, what did Hebrews 11 and 1 say? Hebrews 11 and 1, now fam. Yeah, it's a substance. Mm -hmm. It is. It's a great substance. Amen. You know, and I, me and her, me and me and Apostle Fran, used to have that struggle, that faith struggle all the time. What faith struggle? Because not it was not so much you, it was more oh, me. Okay. But you know, because I'm like, well, I'm believing for this, and sometimes faith. One thing that I want to say, and then I'm going to give it back, amen, to our head teacher. Oh, yeah, One thing I want to say is I believe that the church sometimes teaches us to live in a fantasy world. And it, it separates us from the reality of what's going on. And I don't think it's done on purpose, but certain preachers, they'll use certain cliches and say certain things that will separate us. And so being married to a person who is very logical, and looks at things as, okay, yeah, I believe, but this is still going on. Has kind of helped me come out of that fantasy world because sometimes you'll bring yourself into this world so that you can escape from what's going on. And I think that's what she was talking about earlier. And some people will um, take their imagination. That's why the Bible says, cast it down all imagination that exalts itself above the knowledge of God because they'll take their imagination and call it faith. Right. There is nothing wrong with imagination, by the way. It's how you use imagination. I so want to make that very really clear. So would that be a mind if they took their imagination and put it above God? That's not reprobate. It's, it's blatant disobedience, though. Because what they're saying is their practical knowledge, their practical understanding is greater than a belief in something you can't see. Mm. And, and, and in my earlier years of salvation... That was one of my biggest struggles because I have to logically understand what it is that you're doing. And not only am I a logical thinker, but I'm an analytical thinker. So I can literally take a word and break it down to its lowest common denominator and be okay with that. But when it comes to scripture, scriptorial words don't line up with the same Latin 
stuff that we are taught in the English language. And so because now I do know that Latin is a derivative of Hebrew and Greek and all of that, well, uh, a derivative of Greek. But even with that, Jesus never spoke Hebrew and Greek. He spoke Arabic, Ara Aramaic. 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 And Aramaic is uh, uh, a language over in Africa that they still speak in certain... It's not in Africa. Where is it? Like India and stuff. That's not India. That's Asian. That's in Asia. No, it's not. Because the original context comes out of Egypt. And Egypt is in Africa. Mm -hmm. well, there's Egypt. There's... Um, we'll, we'll do a genealogy. But Aramaic was considered uh, ghetto then. Mm, okay. So he, he, he talked in a language... He talked in a language that the prestigious people, the, the high and mighty people didn't like. But he talked in a language where those that were down here could understand. And so they would ask him on time, if you go back through your, you know, your scriptures and things, they would ask him, why do you do this? Why do you hang with these people? Why do you talk like this? And so he was trying to get... I almost said something on the mic. He was trying to get the people, I ain't going to say the other word I was going to say, the people off the streets. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 All right, so. What kind of people is trying to get off the street? Y'all don't want me to say it. Pray for more. So, going back, just a, a small recap, because we didn't even hit. It's, it's got good. Girl, it got good. I, I ain't <laughs> 